Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. Here uh, with Kaiju Kiwi, monitoring the situation. I have got the wonderful Spencer Cannon, who's able to stop by at very short notice, so I appreciate that. Come back from a wonderful vacation, I understand. And yes. I've been able to track you down for a couple of hours to chat about how you got into the automotive space, about your life in general, how you became a film star, thanks to Petrolicious and all these things in between. Four wheels, two wheels, we're going to go there and try and get into it all. If we can. If we have time, okay, let's put yeah. it that way. But uh, so Spencer, so, but let's always jump back to the start and say, how was it that you sort of found yourself enamored by this automotive thing? Oh, uh, well, uh, that's an interesting question and one that I contemplate occasionally um, without arriving at any definitive conclusion. But I think as most of us, uh, there was something about my um, uh, uh, boyhood, I think, that brought me to mechanical objects, mm -hmm. wheels, mm -hmm. um, you know, speed, wind in my hair, right? And uh, um, the kind of, I don't know, the freedom that it, it gave me, right? So I didn't start in cars, obviously. I started in bicycles mm -hmm. as a young tot uh, on a you know, bike with solid rubber tires, and I just rode the hell out of that thing. Of course. And um, I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, back in the time where everything was sprawling and and it wasn't too dense and a and a nine year old could just kind of go wherever he wants mm -hmm. if he has a mode of transportation. So um I took off on my bike and experienced that kind of like freedom and um uh you know had to learn how to work on the bike myself and maintain it, you know, so I could get out and And, and was this uh, starting off in a BMX of sorts? Yeah, I don't even know if you could call it that. I mean, it was kind of BMX-shaped, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but like I said, you know, hard rubber tires. Of course. You have to start at some point, the train, right? The training wheels came off uh, super quick. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like um, the kind of brake you, you push back on the pedals yep. to brake. The I don't back brake. I, I don't even think it's a skid brake. Is that what it's called? Well, I always still call them a back brake. That's but kind of on is, the nose, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a, a skid brake is sort of work because you always do massive skids with them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a benefit. Right, yeah. You could always slide them around. Yeah, so I I, uh, uh, I quickly graduated from that to my big brother's um, oversized Schwinn five-speed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, man, that was revelation. I could go so much faster. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at some, some point when I was in my early teens um, – you know, I think that the love started to shift, or maybe the 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 love grew mm -hmm. to include uh, cars as well. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I, I it was actually my sister. I had an older sister who um, married a fellow who um, had a construction business at a pretty young age with his father, and they could afford some pretty cool cars. And so they were buying. Th this is the um, uh, early 90s and they were buying uh, Ferraris and they had a Viper and they had an NSX and some, some cool stuff, right? So I could go over to my sister's house. Yeah, anytime you mention Viper in the equation, you're like, yeah, Yeah, we're talking cool. about a Viper back when it was, mm, you know, the RT. A, yeah, a ten, new. Yeah. yeah. And um, When Hulk Hogan was still advertising it. <laughs> was he? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> makes so much sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they even I think they remember they they had the three piece wheels that came out in yellow for Hulkamania because yeah. it was a yellow wheels, the red yeah. body with his like obviously. This one was yellow, so there you go. So yeah, I never that. really made that connection, but he would wear the yellow shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I He's mean, a real it, American, it, you know, as a song as he come out to. Well, the damn car's real American, of course, car, right? Yeah. Like it is, it's driving America. Yeah, it's basically, what it feels like mm-hmm. with all the power that that yeah. entails and that exhaust and the danger. If you still have the exhaust account inside, oh, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's so hot in the passenger seat. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough that that this, I think I got my driver's license at um, when I turned seventeen, mm-hmm. and so then they were really kind enough to let me drive these. Yeah occasionally so i learned how to drive stick on a uh i think an 83 911 sc which is the perfect way to learn everyone should learn to drive like that basically yeah it, you you should learn to do anything in the um, sports car the hardest way possible yeah right like and in a hilly area with a, a super heavy clutch yeah um so basically what you're saying is everyone should learn to drive with a morgan three-wheeler from the 20s with all those buttons <laughs> be like look there's the keys so if you could drive it it's all yours that's it you pass the yeah. test yeah um, I well, I have no idea what that reference is like. I haven't driven a Morgan three wheel. Well, no, but of, just, of I, current I, generation I, or I just know that the there's 20s. lots of dials that you have to <laughs> yeah. move around for everything for timing and everything. Oh, okay. else. I'm like, oh, that's a bit much. Even oh, for okay, me. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was uh, yeah. So so the the nine eleven and um and then uh, let's see, a Ferrari three forty eight TS. Mm-hmm, so I got nice. to drive. I uh, got to play with the gates mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. The um, the Viper, whatever year that was. I don't know, the first year that it came out. I think it was um, 92, 94, yeah, I think maybe. around there, yeah. Would, would make sense. And um, I, I just know a secret from the Viper that you can do this at any time on first original generation Vipers is that you can just open the bonnet yourself and just take a look if you see one at the car park. I mean, it's just down there, I think, on the right. You just put your hand in there and pop the hood and you lift oh. it all up yourself. Easy. Yeah, I I thought you were going to say at any time you could just kill a pedestrian. No, well, it's more kill the driver, right? The Viper, is it? When it bites back? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was... Uh, oh, and, and that same sister, actually, um, she fostered that love by... Um, for my my birthday, she gave me $1,500 mm-hmm. to go buy a car for myself. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, uh, it's a very kind sister you've Isn't got there. It? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, or is it, right? Like, do you really want to foster in some, you know, otherwise middle-class kid a uh, love for expensive well, sports cars? I mean, there's that, but you can't really get the expensive <laughs> sports cars for 1500 that's, unless you're getting a real good deal. That's true. Uh, I always had a big imagination. Mm-hmm. So I chose a, let's see, what was it? It was an 86 Audi GT Coupe. Okay. With a kind of a crushed front quarter. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that little Bondo yeah, did the trick on that. Totally and some, fixed. And some Krylon good as new. Yeah. spray paint. Yeah, good as new. Yeah. <laughs> Just straight out of, better than when it came out of the factory, yeah. right, at that point? Yeah. Thinking back on that, I didn't really know a lot about the car um, other than it felt pretty pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Thinking back back on it, I, I realized how um, uh, how dangerous that thing was. I mean, it, it couldn't have had any rubber left mm-hmm. in the suspension. Yeah. Going over train tracks, you'd basically hear the the suspension fall out of the car, and then the car would fall back onto the suspension, right? Just <laughs> with no bushings whatsoever. You don't right? worry about those things. <laughs> no, then, when you get your first car for fifteen hundred dollars, no, of and course he's not. Driving around, yeah. and of course, you're trying, to, you're, you're trying to think how fast can I go over these train tracks? You're exactly right. 
And you were like, and I'm going to go exactly the speed limit. That's what it was intended for. <laughs> that's what the road sign's for. And that's exactly what I'm going to yeah. do. Well, I think we're past the statute of limitations okay. on that. So I can speak truthfully. Uh, I would try to find out how fast a car could go. Yeah. Because this is Texas. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to do with those big open highways? Why not, right? Yeah. I think uh, that one uh, topped out at about 123. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, I thought it's just scary. I mean, I probably wasn't even tightening the 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 wheel nuts tight enough i mean there'd be lots of things that you probably want to miss looking back now you'd be like i wonder if i did this the answer if you have to wonder yeah. the answer is probably no yeah, yeah. and no. it probably would have been in a bad scenario yeah. a situation like what's the worst case scenario for this it was probably like that yeah uh, yeah so I, I was probably constantly in a state of avoiding death. just a fiery death yeah and uh and so i um i quickly moved on to that uh, I traded it in mm-hmm. for a um, Porsche 914, mm-hmm. which was oh so cool to me. Yep. Um, the the guys at my high school made fun of me mm-hmm. for having this uh, basically a Volkswagen with a tiny engine. Yep. Because this is Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they all had Texas-based cars. I'm guessing as most things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Mustangs and pickup yeah. trucks. Yeah. And I was that asshole. With this tiny little like European thing, yeah, 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 with the engine, engine in the back. What's this weird engine? But you know what? Like, I bet the same guys are like, oh, that Spencer was really on something, you know, because 914s now people used to not care about them, but yeah, they've certainly like found a new appreciation. Yeah, everything. Yeah, and uh, gosh, that thing was cool. Drove it back in the rain on on uh, what must have been super old tires. Course. Understeered it straight through an intersection into some. (laughs) Into someone's driveway. <laughs> uh, Hopefully there was nothing parked in the driveway. And they were no, just like, no, no, just no. extra runoff another, room. Just extra runoff room. Another bullet dodged. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. Um, oh, I, I made a, what kind of sounds like the Kessel Run. Um, I drove from Dallas to College Station, Texas, where Texas A&M is to visit a friend when I was in high school. And uh, it was raining that night. And I remember just flooring the thing mm-hmm. and just driving flat out through the rain. Uh, almost the entire way. Because of it, that makes the most sense, like, right? an entire tank of gas, like, yeah. in the rain. Uh, I mean, you just yeah. wanted to spend as little time in the rain as melted, possible. Melted the points on this distributor. Of course, <laughs> right? I mean, you would have thought it would have been kept cool with all that water, like, yeah. hitting it, and, like, the, the, the effect, like, coming through. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, live and learn, right? Yeah, the, all the water actually filling up the distributor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> live yeah. and learn. Uh, but, yeah, I survived, and that thing was... Gosh, all those things were cool. But um, uh, uh, to answer your original question, I guess it was just this kind of slow appreciation of these kind of wheeled mechanical objects that, like, gave me this kind of sense of of freedom Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. then from there, I began to appreciate them for what they were and then kind of grew up to associate, like, a lot of those good feelings of youth with the smells of old cars, right? And the yeah. sounds of them and the and the thrills and and the adventures and things. So I actually after the nine fourteen that was actually my last sports car. Mm-hmm. Um and I moved on to Jeeps and so I basically had a series of Jeeps for the next This is where you sort of embraced your Americana and you're like, look, I've flirted with these yeah. Europeans but at this moment I'm coming back to the heartland. Yeah. where it's at. 
Uh, well, uh, actually, it's funny. I, I, in some ways, a Jeep saved my life. Um, because I, there was this short period of time after the 914 where I had a 86 Golf GTI Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, my friend and I decided to take it to, uh, Portland from Dallas Mm -hmm. and we short drive, obviously. Yeah. This, we decided this at like 6 PM and like at 3 AM we're we're leave, you know, leaving the house, Mm -hmm. um, which is like the best time to drive because the roads are open, right? <laughs> well, the, we we decided actually not to take um, the interstate system as as much as we could. Yeah, and we just had some we had paper maps and um, tried to like trace as direct a route as possible on like whatever road might happen to be there. So, yeah, so we were on dirt roads some of the time, and uh, as romantic. As that sounds, taking whatever road, this did end up um, kind of screwing us because we were on this dirt road in Montana trying to go over this mountain pass, which ended up being closed. Which is obviously the Golf GTI, well known for circumventing dirt roads (laughs) over mountain passes. I mean, it's what it's famous for, obviously, right? right? Well, I think that they used it as a a plow vehicle in Germany, right? (laughs) Is that right? That's what I was told. Yeah, yeah. So... uh, it's so big, you so, know. I mean, it's the the eighty six well, as well. In particular. Well, first of all, it's front wheel drive. Yeah. So perfect. That's all. Enough said, need. right? Yeah. Uh, so so we we get up this we, we get to this dead end basically and turn around and and driving back down this mountain and uh, I guess I took a slightly different route than the way up and uh, ended up um, basically on this kind of muddy this muddy farm track mm-hmm. and. Um, bottomed the car out in a in a deep puddle uh, because i guess the a tractor had been through and made the ruts deeper than the car could handle when i saw the puddle of course i thought i better accelerate first thing you gotta do <laughs> create that bow wave but you see it all the way out yeah. right yeah so i basically just i i um uh, uh i ripped the engine off its mounts mm-hmm. and stranded us um just quite literally in the middle of nowhere in Montana, so and for a few days we were actually kind of stuck, um, just in the in the in the middle of the country in Montana, and had to w- walk to a place where we might be able to hitch a ride, and then wait there a day mm-hmm. b- before literally the first vehicle came by, to, to, that gave us a ride to the next town. So I'm glad that you're so prepared for all this as well, with obviously the supplies that you yeah. packed. Yeah, well, I think I was probably 19 at the time, <laughs> in a in a uh, an immature 19 at that. So, so imagine um, basically twelve-year-olds mm-hmm. with a car. So you had yeah. what? Telling me Oreos and Twinkies were your survival food? For um, they're like literal cans of beans. <laughs> <laughs> but no can opener. We were... Sweet, totally forgot the can opener. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a can opener. Oh, we, had, we had cans of beans and a butane torch, and so we're literally heating up cans of beans with a with a torch i don't know why why did we have the torch it's literally <laughs> glad, we're glad you were otherwise yeah. it would have been cold beans right. yeah so uh At least. so and i mean that story could be longer I, i'm going to shorten it up for you yeah to try we, to get we, to the we point might have to come back for a second part for this just to go through this montana situation yeah there's thousands of questions are now floating around <laughs> It's uh, it's a it's a multi-part series. I might have to have a spin-off podcast. Yeah, I think so. Serial <laughs> need to get involved in this. So, uh, so so we're in this town mm-hmm. that we've hitchhiked to, 
and uh, scraped our, our dollars together to, to stay in this motel for the night. And in, next to this hotel, like literally right outside our window, um, was this old Jeep. It was a, a postal Jeep at some point, and someone had taken like the metal doors and the top off of it and, mm-hmm. and welded a roll bar on there, I guess to use for hunting. And uh, we went knocked on the knocked on the door and uh, inquired about the state of this Jeep, asked if it was running. And the old man said, well, that's my son's Jeep. You know, he doesn't live in it anymore, but it ran, you know, when Whenever we parked you, it. Yeah, when he parked it, it ran yeah. fine. Best run, drive it wherever and you want to go or drive there. He said, well, if we can get it started, do you think he'd be willing to sell it to us? And, and he said, Price well, goes up, but yeah, definitely yeah, will. Well, well, so so we um, we got that started, mm-hmm. uh, and we bought it for $500, and um, uh, we... Drove it back to Dallas from Mon- from Montana, Phillipsburg, Montana, and mind you, I mean this is a a vehicle that has no top and no doors and no sides, right? Yeah, um, lap, lap um, belts. What month was this that you were going in? Um, you know, it, uh, it's a good question. I think it was it was maybe June. Okay, it, so you, not not too bad. It could be worse, yeah. but let me tell you, like the nights in Montana. Uh, and uh, South Dakota and uh, Nebraska and Kansas are cold, man. <laughs> and it rains. <laughs> the, best, the best things in rain. And we had no money to, like, stay in hotels, so we just kept driving. Yeah. And as we drove, I mean, the this old Jeep, you know, had started spouting oil. And, mm-hmm. and we just, we had, a, like, a, a tube of epoxy putty and duct tape. And, um, you know, at one point I'm like, like, you know, like cutting the end of a garden hose off of like a gas station, you know, like a lot to like use the rubber to like patch a, patch a a heater hose, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that was a hell of experience. I mean, (laughs) most miserable I've ever been, uh, has got to be the night that I fell asleep in a, in a, in a rest stop bathroom under a hot air dryer. <laughs> yeah. So. Good times. Jeep life. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you had beans. Uh, now, they were gone by that <laughs> oh, point. Oh, that's yeah. a shame. Wow. So, uh, anyway, but the, the whole point of this this story is is that um, after many days of driving this thing, it's about 5 a.m. and we've just passed through Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. headed south, almost back to Dallas. And I'm just slapping myself in the face to stay awake because I'm driving, and uh, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I pull over. I wake up, my buddy, and tell him he has to drive. And I we change places and get going again. And then, um, and then we both woke up at about 70 miles an hour, headed through the grass between the north and southbound lanes of I-75 mm-hmm. or something, right? I-35. Anyway, uh, um headed straight towards one of those police crossovers right where it's like a tar uh like bridge between mm-hmm. you know between lanes yeah and so essentially we're headed at 70 miles an hour to a four foot high ramp mm-hmm. um and that really could have been the end of us yeah it sounds like many things on that trip could have really <laughs> been the end of you guys and so so i don't know if my buddy got it slowed down he probably got it slowed down to 60 or something and uh, we're just flying through the grass, headed towards this thing. One, we're lucky that it's not one of those concrete yeah. things with, like, the culvert in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been 
wouldn't have been ideal. <clears throat> but one thing about this Jeep, which was uh, pretty cool, is it had a 45-gallon gas tank in the back. And I guess that tank must have counterbalanced the engine. Because when we took off, we didn't nose back down. We stayed perfectly level. And we were in the air so long, I remember vividly, like, looking at my buddy, looking, like, mm -hmm. like at the ground, like, out where the door would be, yep. like, looking ahead, saying things. I remember all this. Like, I wish I'd gone back and measured. And so instead of, like, nosing in and just and dying, uh, we landed perfectly on just all like four pillow. wheels. Perfect. Yeah. Because it's a postal Jeep, so it didn't have the super uh, mm -hmm. heavy-sprung off-road suspension. It had this like really soft suspension. The grass was high. And we just glided in. Like the best like jetliner landing you've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Rolled to a stop. Engine still running. Like nothing happened. I mean, we must have jumped. I, 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 would, I should do the math on, on how many hundreds of feet we must have gone. So um, uh, I, I drove from that point the rest of the way uh and i and i live to tell the tale so jeeps i probably think, a bit, bit more alert after that as well I'm yeah, guessing. a little bit yeah. yeah so um from then on i i i bought jeeps i do have one question though. what yeah. happened to the gti left on the mountaintop in montana uh we we had it towed to this town we were in okay and then um gave it to one of the residents okay yeah all right. So as far as I know, it's it's definitely there, totaling around. It's well, it's yeah, hopefully they're using it as a plow vehicle. Of course, as it, as it as was, it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so from from then I had more proper. I had a, G, a CJ7 and a mm -hmm. CJ8, and and uh, the CJ8 is actually what I drove out to LA when I when I first moved here. And so, how long ago was that then that you made the switch out here to Los Angeles? Um, two thousand and two, I think two thousand three. Okay, something like that. Yeah straight from graduate school out here for work. And then how do you find living in Los Angeles, land of the car? Well, um... Or the automotive world, I should speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that the great things about L.A. always slightly outweigh all the bad things about L.A. Is, is there any bad things about Los Angeles? <laughs> um... There's bad things about every city, right? I guess, and there's true. good things about every city. I mean, it's it's a compliment to say that the good things outweigh the bad yes. things when yeah. when you're talking about cities, right? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest here. There is maybe occasionally some traffic in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally. Well, let me tell you, that's about strategic living choices, right? Yeah. Like when I moved out here, I just happened to move to the West Side because that's where the couch was. Um, that I slept on for the first three months before mm -hmm. I got a job. And um, really, I just stayed I stayed on the west side. Look, inside a tip, if you're in Los Angeles and you're living here, you want to be as close to your work mm -hmm. as possible. That's right, yeah. Otherwise, it's, oh, it's, not, it's not a good, not a good oh, place yeah. to be. Yeah, so I was, I was really lucky. I, I got a job that was also on the west side. I never had to commute very far. The furthest I had to commute was from Venice to Koreatown, which is about 40 minutes. Yeah. And and 40 minutes really isn't that bad in the scheme of things. No, not but, Los Angeles. But um, I, I remember halfway th through just thinking, you know, I would take a 10% a pay cut um, to not make this commute. And then that's literally what I did. I quit and I and I took a pay cut to go to a job that was that I could walk to. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was it was worth it. Yeah, because free time's handy, right? 
yeah. I mean, aside from obviously listening to the No Breaking podcast yeah. and traffic, which is what I suggest everyone should do. Yeah. In fact, they should take a longer journey just to listen to the No Breaking podcast. Well, yeah, there's that. And um, also, TV is exceptionally good now. <laughs> Depending, I think, on the, the shows, I guess. <laughs> there's so many good shows. <laughs> well, I guess it's not really ideal to be watching TV and driving at the same time, though. Uh, no, no. I would, I I would not suggest that. that. Yeah. Never. Never yeah. But I the would... No Breaking podcast is is safe to listen to and drive. Exactly. Encouraged, maybe. Yeah, yeah. certainly encouraged. Maybe we should run some tests. Maybe that could actually increase some kind of uh, driving function in the in the Cognitive brain. function. Yeah, is that really cognitive function when you're driving? Is that cognitive function? I think so, yeah. Cause mm, okay. I assume so. Yeah, okay. Maybe if someone could tell me I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> okay. I, I'm just going to go with it till then. Yeah. So you get here to L.A., and then how did you sort of uh, move away or move back away from the Jeeps and go into sort of yeah. what you might be a little bit more known for these days? Right, yeah. Um, well, I uh, it was a BMW 3.0 CS. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't own it. But a friend of mine had one, and he dropped them by my work one day. And uh, we, uh, we went and ran an errand in his, in his 3.0. Which has got to be one of the most perfectly designed cars of all time. Yep. Exterior, interior. Good looking. They're mm -hmm. just freaking phenomenal. And mm -hmm. this thing was really well well restored. And, um, uh, you know, I had kind of avoided letting myself think too hard about old sports cars. Um, and, uh, and I just, it was kind of overwhelming, right? I, I sat down in the passenger seat. And I'm like looking at this incredible dash in front of me, and and we started up, and we're driving around, and the smell that's so unique to a petrol-powered, you know, nineteen early 1970s vehicle comes old cars, yeah, flooding over, mm -hmm. right? and um, yeah, I just I, w I was hit by a kind of you know v visceral, instinctive, um, obsessive kind of desire to. Um, to get back in to one myself. So I gave myself a small budget and uh, uh, went out and went out to try to like find something that would just kind of fill that void. Yep. And ended up buying a uh, uh, an MGB GT. Yeah. So how did you settle on that one then? Was it the, what was the final push towards <laughs> that MGB? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it was, a, I knew the history of the car. I, I trusted the former owner mm -hmm. and i think that the the gt version of the mgb is uh, another example of 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 um oh i i mean it's people would make fun of me for saying it's kind of pinnacle of automotive beauty but it's really hard to improve on the design of an mgb gt yeah it's a good looking car it really is mm -hmm. and it's and it's incredibly overlooked yeah and it's it's british obviously Italian design. Well, yeah, but no, I mean, it's obviously got the British reliability that goes along with it, so it's it's, it's perfect for a get around here in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Never, uh, never fault. If, well, yeah, you know, this one didn't ever let me down. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. And we'll just put <laughs> into discussion. Let's yeah. move along quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got back into it in the sports yeah. car world with the the MGB. Uh, yeah, I did, and um, and you know, really from there, the. Uh, one's never enough and I think 
the fact that I am not afraid to undertake a project or something, a car with a bad reputation. Yeah, because you're somewhat of, would say, a handyman of sorts with the mechanic department of sorts. Yeah, well, you, you know, this wasn't that. the case. This w wasn't the case. I, I mean, when I bought the MG, um, you know, I could do a few things. Well, you could obviously patch a hose. I could patch a hose. Yeah, could I could fix things could... with epoxy and baked beans, and you were good to go there. And you were like, "Yep, yeah, we'll get it back on the road." That's about the long and short of it. That's about all I could do. Well, if you've got yeah. duct tape, that covers like ninety-five percent of the other repairs, right? So yeah. then you're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, so no, I, I actually really where my um, my education began on on the mechanical side was when I bought the um, eighty-nine Lotus Esprit mm -hmm. sight unseen off eBay. Which is the perfect place to buy any car, sight unseen off eBay, right? That's where all the best decisions are made, especially as if it's like two in the morning. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was, I mean, it, I think it was a good decision because uh, sometimes it takes those kinds of leaps, right? And um, the, the Esprit is still a simple enough car that... I mean, you can get yourself into trouble, but not like as much trouble as I feel like I get into with with my Range Rover, mm -hmm. which is full of electronics. Yeah, and I think every amenity, right? Yeah, I think it's going on a little. A few years after that, I think is when it starts to when the electrics get a little bit exactly. more complicated. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah. computers start taking over everything. That's when it gets a little bit more challenging. So, so you know, my so that was my first Lotus, mm -hmm. and um, uh, you know, it was really just. Not because I'd always wanted one, but just because that car is, struck me on eBay as this sad thing that at two needed in the a morning, home. and you're like, "Yep, this is the one." <laughs> after after a lot, you know, like some weeping and a box of dark chocolate. Yeah, you had some. You had to close some other tabs. <laughs> this is the last tab that you left open. Like, "Yep, this is the one. This is the one." <laughs> Those other things didn't make me didn't heal my no, heart. No, this is the one that, that I yeah. feel the pull. Yeah. So. Um, so, so where, yeah. did it, where did it come from then? It came from Detroit. Okay. Right. Okay. Automotive capital. What could go wrong? Nothing. I mean, Detroit, sunny all year round. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense that Perfect. a Lotus Esprit ends up in Detroit. Right? Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, yeah, it came, it was, it was just dirt, dirt cheap and, um, uh, came on a, came on a trail. It started when it came, mm -hmm. um, and it required, um, complete, a complete restoration and so um that's when the yeah that's when the journey began yeah and so what year was that then when you picked up the the esprit hmm uh 2013 okay yeah okay right so this is not you know my i'd say the the um the prologue was long but i've not really been on this kind of deep dive into automotive culture for all that long yeah compared to probably your other guests right so um yeah at, th at that point i just started kind of working on that working on that esprit it needed complete external uh renovation luckily um i thought that the engine was in better shape than it was but once i started actually really driving it hard it that you found needed, that it was that needed overhaul as well yeah, it needed yeah. a little bit more pep yeah so um you know, I think what was kind of neat about that car is because it was a bit of a basket case, mm -hmm. um, um, there was a lot that wasn't really salvageable from trying to bring it back to like a, from a restoration standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and that 89 non-intercooled Esprit was kind of least desirable. So even in perfect condition, I mean, there were just not 
they're sadly not um, worth very much. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of, I gave myself license to, um, uh, to kind of strip it down, make it a little more of a pure form of kind of pure sports car, I guess to, to, uh, not to um, sully the reputation of Porsche uh, uh, aficionados, but to kind of make it the, like the, the RS America version of a, a Lotus Esprit, mm -hmm. where it just doesn't have anything that it doesn't need. No radio, no, yeah. you know, I, no window regulators, right? And I, yeah. The, the, the last things that were hard to get, uh, get rid of though, were the, uh, uh, the two cigarette lighters. As we discussed page. earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly practical. Yeah. Yeah. It, a driver and passenger need cigarette lighters, clearly. Yeah. I think it's also good for just if the driver's just in there as well, if he needs the other cigarette lighter on the go because one's just not hot enough and he needs it sooner, you've mm. got the opportunity there. Yeah. Right? You're right. You're right. Because that way there is just no... You're not missing uh, no out. gap whatsoever exactly. between, between drags. You don't have if that. If you want to get through those 200 cigarettes a day, <laughs> you need two cigarette lighters. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. When, yeah. it, when you don't want to get your old flip one out there, your Zippo, then you need – this is what you need to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, the Esprit, I, I, I think I, I was really happy with it in the end. And, and, um, and I kind of thought that I might get some shit for it. Uh, for it not being original really anymore um, not that it was wildly changed but um, but instead people actually admired what what I did and liked the the car and um, and it was just a great kind of reintroduction and, to and that was the one that was that the one that was featured on the the yeah video yeah yeah Petrolicious. so Petrolicious uh, featured it and um, uh, and, and I think it it helped start reintroducing the Esprit and Lotus to the to the general kind of automotive culture because I think unfortunately and well and to the detriment of automotive culture I think Lotus has been you know not uh, not discussed as much and kind of not been as much a part of it as it as it deserves so yeah I mean it's let's be honest Lotus has its ups and it's had its downs more downs you could say easily in the last 20 years as opposed to as many ups although recently with this new investment from its newest per, uh, newest owner of sorts yeah Geely yeah yeah that, I'm excited about that actually yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah I mean I, I really like what they've done with Volvo yeah so I think this is one chance that Lotus actually has to be yeah. a profitable company and for the first time in which would be nice. Maybe their entire history. And they haven't had too many, like, obviously they introduced different lower lightweight editions every year of their various different assortment of cars. Mm. But they haven't really done too much here in the U.S. It's mostly focused on England, you could say. Yeah. On their, I would say from my perspective from, and looking and doing the research and looking at them. Right, yeah. I mean, they have the Evora here. Yeah. But then that's really about the only one they... Yeah, yeah. And the then everything else you it. see is just those kind of... Those like iterations of of track elises, right? yeah, they kill still yeah. still keep working with. So, um, I, you know, I, I I have to say I don't know much about modern Lotuses. I've actually never driven a a, a Lotus a, newer than nineteen ninety three. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, that's that uh, feels the the Toyota engine Lotuses feel a bit like a different company. Um, I I guess even. Even though, in some ways, the Elises probably adhered more closely to the original Lotus ethos than 
than any other lotus since the Europa. Yeah. Probably. Because um, they were actually light. Yeah, or the Exerge, if you want to go in the, the, the super fast leaves. However, I don't know. Exige. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I the either one, right? They're yeah. light. They're stripped down, mm -hmm. right? You, you don't need a windscreen. No. Don't need a windscreen. <laughs> right. yeah. Just take yeah. it away. That's right. Yeah. So, um, whereas the, the Esprit, you know, the Esprit was a large, relatively heavy car. And it was more of, I'd say, it was more of a Grand Tourer. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a, a cool car, mm -hmm. for sure. But Definitely. Not, um, you know, not an Elan, not a Europa, not one of the, you know, or not like an S1 mm -hmm. Esprit, right? At some point, they just kind of give up on that and yeah. go for go for the, the higher end, go for the luxury. Yeah. Right? But, um, you know, for me, Lotus has a special place in sports car uh, culture, not for what it is right now, but for what it was in the, you know, the 60s and and early 70s in its heyday you might say yeah the golden the golden age right mm -hmm. when lotus is you know one of the world's best formula car manufacturers mm -hmm. and colin chapman is um you know busy trying to kill drivers uh oh in, he'd in, say make them go faster in the pursuit yeah in the pursuit yeah. of speed yeah and um and you know sports car uh enthusiasts got to reap the benefits of that i mean engineering uh, um and human sacrifice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right so so now we have these these leftovers right the elan and the europa mm -hmm. which are like these incredible like time capsules of an era where like cars were like truly uh stripped down to their mechanical necessities yeah um 100 percent for the experience of the driver yeah right? exactly with no other concerns whatsoever. No, no need for concerns. Yeah. yeah. And so what was it that made the switch then? Do you go from the Esprit to the Europa? What was it that sort of drove that? Um, actually, it was an ad on um, a race car website. Okay. For this Project Europa race car. Okay. Um, and I could not convince the seller to sell it to me. Okay. Despite the fact that he had, had it for sale, had it for sale, yeah, and it would show up um, in different Craigslist. It would show up in Craigslist in San Francisco and mm -hmm. Craigslist in LA, and and stayed on this race car sales site. That the price would vary like radically, um, and and it was a year that I that I w had to work on this guy to sell this Europa to me. How does one put a posting up for sale? Uh, and the logic behind it, I'm not selling. It. Let me t let me tell you, I had cash in my hand, was driving up to the Bay Area with a friend um, to buy this thing. And on the drive up from L.A. to San Francisco, he canceled on me three times. <laughs> three times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, so I didn't know. I mean, one, I hadn't actually seen this car, this car in person, mm -hmm. person yet. And I didn't know um, whether he would actually go through with it once I was there. I mean, I had to rent a trailer and all that yeah i mean this this, this seems to be a bit of yeah a bit of work it was your a, part to get let it. me tell you yeah it was a weird experience but um uh if that were an intentional method it's like sales method on his part to uh like to hook me mm -hmm. right you were all in to like i really was i mean the car was not anywhere near as nice in person as 
uh, I'd allowed myself to believe. To, yeah. But at that point, it did not it matter. It didn't matter. You got the trailer. He'd finally <laughs> said yes. Oh, He'd yeah. just taken the money from your hand. You were like... Yes, yeah. victory! I've got this. I mean, it was uh, yeah. So, so if that were his intention, then I think he he succeeded in selling it probably for above market value. <laughs> well, you don't worry about that in hindsight. But, uh, but no, I don't think that was his intention. I mean, he was. It, it was uh, the process of of purchasing that car. Um, once I got there, still took hours mm-hmm. and was highly emotional. Okay. Yeah. For you or for him? Both? For him. Okay. Were you saying tears were shed? No, but there was awkwardness. Okay. There was some of the awkwardness of a of a a stranger's, you know Taking your pride and joy? Someone else's pride and joy? Uh I I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um but anyway, it it was mine. Yep. At that point. And um didn't matter, kicked in a huge took it out of there as quick as you yeah, could that yeah many hours later as quick as you right, could yeah so so yeah middle of the night we're driving that thing back to la and um and then yeah then that that project started so w- honestly why i why i got hooked to that it was a purely aesthetic thing I okay think, at first um as as almost everyone's automotive love is right mm-hmm and of course, I mean, I, I by aesthetics, I don't just mean the way the thing looks. It's like there's so many other things that are tied in with aesthetics, right? The the history of a thing or your knowledge of it, right? Or the stories associated with it, right? We bring all this baggage, mm-hmm. like, to an experience of a thing, right? Yeah. And it changes the way we it, – it changes the perception of the thing's aesthetics, right? Yeah. And so – I guess by the time I, you know, got this this car, it's just the way I what I saw when I looked at it was kind of maybe more than than what it was. But I'm really glad that I did because since, since that time I've come to appreciate uh Lotus in general and the Europa specifically mm-hmm. much 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 more, I think. Just like any good relationship, right? You learn more about person and you learn more about the thing right yeah and, and to this point that i feel like genuinely lucky that i've got to have this experience uh, with a few europas now and um and uh you know get to actually race race the car and you know not only can i be kind of unique in that get to look at something that's kind of different than all the other old race cars out there but um yeah because there's not too many i guess that you see you you go up against other europas on track no never never before yeah. So <laughs> though there is a new uh there is a new Europa in town. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I see. Um it's competition ahead. Well, it's a completely different class. It's actually the only Europa to have ever finished um 24 hours of Daytona. Okay. It is a GTU car. Okay. It is insane. Yeah, I was going to say that's And uh... it actually belongs um coincidentally to uh, my neighbor a few streets over in Mar Vista. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Small place, right? Yeah. Phenomenal thing. Oh, my gosh. Cosworth, Hewland FD200. Like, it is a wild beast of a car. So you're saying that you might not be able to compete no, no, in no, that no. one? These, these cars will not be on track at the same time. <laughs> well, they might be, but one just yeah. might be going. I, I race in the in the small board production class, so mm-hmm. I'm, I was limited to what can be done. So I've, I, I run a relatively stock engine. Mm-hmm. St- stock wheel size, rear drum brakes, 
um, really the only changes are, are for safety um, and what I could squeeze out of the, the car for a little extra speed out of the engine and yeah. out of the aerodynamics without making any like major changes. But, um, and I'm, and I'm fine with that, right? Because I think that the car itself is so, so interesting mm -hmm. that, uh, that I'm glad it's not too modified. Yeah. Most Europas, well, a lot of Europas that have made it to today have like undergone a lot of modification, either engine swaps or, um, wheel, you know, fender flares mm -hmm. for like wider wheels, all sorts of changes to make them like more practical or more trackable or more streetable or more uh maybe reliable as well in some cases <laughs> a little you bit know, it's possibly yeah it's funny not it's saying a... yours is unreliable but just say as modern conveniences can be a yeah, little bit more yeah. advantageous yeah let me tell you like a Euro the idea of a europa with air conditioning is just like i don't it boggles my mind <laughs> i feel like it's got to like uh like appreciably increase the weight by like a measurable percentage of course because i mean it's not exactly a, a single heavy... digit percentage but still like but still yeah i mean it sort of moves away from that ethos of the the original yeah it's like man don't be worse suffer okay yeah, yeah. i mean it's not you don't need <laughs> yeah. the air conditioning what yeah. the car is telling you yeah. is you're just sweating out the pounds so it's going to be lighter it's that's making right. you lighter that's right that's the way to that's go right. about it yeah true, true love makes you better yeah makes you a better man i mean is <laughs> what is it when colin Chapman was like don't what are you doing put in the washer on the car they take it off you don't need the extra weight it's, yeah it's the right principle right you're exactly right yeah uh so um yeah I, I have the the race car uh and i i had a road version that i restored to just to stock mm -hmm. um and then sold that to a gentleman who took it to japan yep so it could um join the rich Europa culture that is over there. Yeah, which we discussed earlier as well. Mm -hmm. it's, we yeah. were quite surprised by how much of a Europa culture they have in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're uh, people with good taste. Look, what can I say? I'd agree. My father, Nigel McKean, he would agree too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's very envious of all those cars over there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a misunderstood car. And I think it's funny. It's misunderstood because people look at the thing um, – uh, kind of in an ahistorical way, right? Mm -hmm. um, the Europa started out um, as the as Lotus's concept for the Ford Endurance project, right? Which became the the GT40. Mm -hmm. Lotus didn't win it. Lola won it with the Lola GT. When it came time to replace the Elan, Colin Chapman said, "Hey, why don't we dig up that old?" Uh, idea that we had for Ford mm -hmm. and uh, make a road car out yeah. of it to give people, you know, give drivers the experience of driving a formula car, but yeah. on the road. As, as my father would say, the best car height of any height is 40 inches. It's neither any taller than 40 <laughs> inches. That's a perfect sports car height. <laughs> he also liked it so much. He's like, you know, that you can actually sneak out of parking garages uh, because the bound of the uh, bollards always go above 40 inches. So he's like, look, just yeah. sneak out. Yeah, I, I I haven't tried that, but don't tempt me. Look, that's it. Yeah. What you going to be in it now? I mean, it, it's probably easier to do that than to try to reach up awkwardly and like put the ticket in. Yeah, which is where you have to like get out and yeah. then like and then get back in and then right. hopefully it doesn't come back down again. Yeah, definitely so, just roll underneath it. You'd be totally fine. Yeah, it's uh, it is it, you know the size is awkward to drive on on the streets, especially in the states, right? I mean, You're it's not me. even an SUV thing. Like I can pull up next to a Corolla. And I can't see the driver. Yeah, I, I can. I can't see over there. As we still. said, it's it's a low car at forty it inches is. high. It's a low, low car, and with cars getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, I mean, 
the small car. Yeah, so it's it's a little intimidating, actually. I mean, I could have probably just put it in the back of my lawnmower that I just had there, almost. L- let me let me put it this way. I um I was given a, a Europa body, just the body shell, um, and it was delivered to me in the back of a pickup truck. There you go. Yeah. See. So you can. Yeah. <laughs> Easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's a unique car, and uh, and it occupies an interesting place in history. I mean, the, from a suspension standpoint, it's you know it's basically like a. It's basically like a 1965 Formula Three car mm-hmm. under there. Um, it's uh, you know the 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 axles are stressed suspension members, um, and uh, you know I, the irony is it it doesn't actually make a great race car, but um, but it does make for like a phenomenally enjoyable, entirely impractical road car. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you have it, right? You don't <laughs> yeah. do it for the racing. It's just for the impracticality of having it on the road. Yeah, yeah. The race car now has gotten to the point that I can't really drive it on the road. But um, Don't tell me race cars you can't not drive them on the road. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's just not, um, it's not currently legal to drive on the road. Probably. But, um, but if I get it back to a point where, it, 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 where I wouldn't necessarily get pulled over and have it impounded, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, then sure. you would. I did drive it. I I would I would drive it to like the Peterson every once in a while mm-hmm. to those uh, to those Sundays. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. yeah, and then, but you've also not only have got the the Europa race car, you've also got some other. I mean, you've still got the Land Rover. Yeah. So actually, you know, to um, do your off as, as I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners know, um, racing even at the lowest level is pretty expensive, mm-hmm. and um, and so. You know, I I had to sell the Esprit, uh, and I um, I sold the the Europa road car that I restored, um, you know, basically to 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 you know put that money into into racing, mm-hmm. um, and um, my tow vehicle for the race car actually it started out as a '92 Range Rover Classic. Yep, and then that was also you know the truck that we used to go on our. Uh, our rock climbing trips up and down uh, the Sierras in California, and and it, it's actually you know does uh, does pretty well. But then um, uh, we decided to go modern, mm-hmm. uh, something that we knew would be a little more comfortable and reliable. So we went. With so that, you went for we that went, air conditioning, is basically. Well, cool. actually, the the Range Rover has air conditioning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we went for a '97 Land Rover Discovery One mm-hmm. because you know that's known for its reliability uh well it's it that at least is going to be the most reliable of the discoveries as yeah far as I, I guess know. so yeah and so um my thinking was uh well oh, it's, it's, what is it also ready to tackle any road rally in the most uh outlandish countries across the world that that's right yeah well, you never know when you might need to drive straight to mozambique okay and that's when you're gonna that's yeah. why you need it obviously yeah. yeah i mean you'd make it there right now i mean yeah. you just go straight across the bottom well, of the ocean just I, hold I, your breath i have to say go. on our uh, uh in in our defense that that disco does uh see some some crazy no shit. I, yeah. I, i've looked yeah. i see your, I see your profile on instagram and i know when you're clearing those big rocks i mean you can't get there in the europa so you've yeah. got to get there in something yeah. so um uh, so so yeah, we we have the we have the the '92 Range Rover and the '97 Land Rover, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, we have a, an Alpha Spider, um, and 
you know, I used to be able to say that all these old cars um, wouldn't let me down. You maintain them right, you listen to them. But as soon as you say certain, that, obviously. Certain level of mechanical sympathy. Um, and then there's also that, uh, that kind of ineffable, like, like belief that if you put your faith in, in a sad, downtrodden mm-hmm. uh, it'll, uh, thing. It'll, it'll be returned. Yeah. In kind. And, and uh, um, on the whole, I think that that's worked for well, me. Well, look, the way I look at this, you've got three cars. There's mm. two of you, right? Yeah. So if one is out for some yeah. reason, then you've still got the other two. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're yeah. just, no, just in a rotation. Yeah. yeah. In a rotation. Exactly. You're exactly right. So the, the problem is, is that recently, um, sometimes the, the uh, slot machine doesn't, um, doesn't come out that way. Ah. Mm-hmm. I see. So yeah. Sometimes you get three cherries. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, isn't three cherries? And by cherries, I mean lemons. Oh, I was thinking the cherries would be like ding, 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 yeah. ding, and we pay out, and it'd be like, yeah. yes. Okay, all right. So that metaphor was a little stretched. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so over the last couple of months, um, there may have been some electrical difficulties experienced yeah. with both both of my uh, Land Rover uh, products. Okay. Um, that have put both of them uh, out of commission. Okay. Um, at the same time. Okay. Uh, for stretches. Yep. So, yeah, so that's gotten a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken apart the dashboard on my Range Rover more times than I can count in the last, like, two months. So, but this means, have you been timing yourself now? So you've gotten much um, better yeah. at taking it apart and putting it back together? Yeah. So, uh, if you're listening, um, anyone running the Mozambique Rally and you need a, somebody who can get to that wiring harness behind the dashboard, I, I'm your man. You so. got it. They can call you in at a pinch yeah. hit, fly you in. That's right. Yeah. I think that is something that needs to be done, right? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I can't change any like engine components very quickly, but I can get to that wiring. I don't know what to do once I get to the wiring. But you've got there. <laughs> you just like walk away. It's like yeah. the micro like done, there's your wire. Yeah. That's I'm kinda out. that's my that's my level of that's that's kind of my level of mechanical and elect, elect, electrical capability, mm-hmm. right? Is is I'm I'm at that level where I hope that whatever's wrong is visible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think everybody s- starts out this way. Uh, and you can get surprisingly far mm-hmm. by just like staring blankly at a mass of wires, just hoping that something like... Just if you jiggle it. I did it. Fixed it. Walk away. <laughs> well, it works like a dream. Yeah. 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 So uh, the neat thing about that, that process, that was as you stare at something incomprehensible, like, and you, you start looking through wiring diagrams and... Uh, and start going through systems one by one, it's like after a while, it doesn't seem incomprehensible anymore. You actually know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my process of, of uh, you know, of working on these cars and like learning them. And yeah. so it's kind of neat. You know, I, I, have, I have some folks I can call on who are better at this than, than I am. And if I get really stuck, I can, I can pull somebody in and get some advice. Yeah. Um, that actually doesn't really apply to electrical because it seems like almost nobody knows electrical even, yeah even people uh, who think they do yeah an auto electrician if you find a good one yeah you, you gotta be like yeah you can't have a leaf <laughs> yeah. don't go anywhere uh you're 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 staying in my basement yeah that's it yeah well hopefully yeah not do you for want too the long. hose again do you yeah. want the hose again <laughs> <laughs> look at this wiring diagram <laughs> i mean hopefully they can fix it the first time and then you don't need to keep them here there just to keep keeps breaking there's something else to talk about at that point right <laughs> Uh, yeah so um so yeah british uh british vehicles and and one italian 
It's like a start of a joke, yeah. but it's my driveway. But look, at least it's working to some extent. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And you'd think that there'd be some rhyme or reason to it. Uh, and there's just not. There's not really. It just happens to be the case. Yeah. And then I also want to touch on, not only do you race your Europa, you also very much enjoy partaking in the esports. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, uh, um, probably not as much as I, I, I wish I could. It would Obviously. be cool to be so good to, to actually be one of those kind of competitive what play Fortnite and make the millions isn't that the thing now (laughs) i mean that's where you make the money obviously i i i I did download Fortnite once uh (laughs) and um uh, not only did i die almost immediately but i'm pretty sure i got harassed by just about everyone no about how bad you were six-year-olds yes because how terrible you were literal babies are playing that game it was kind of disturbing i didn't pick it up again and then they were like you can't do the floss dance either yeah it was like it was like just being dropped into children of the corn Mm -hmm. and yeah and you know yeah that's that's our future that our children our are being raised in some real serious they're yeah. they're going to be ready for the apocalypse yeah we're not i think because they're going through it right now but they online yeah on xbox mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh uh so yeah i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't cut it but um i tell you i i just uh i've always loved driving mm-hmm. and i've loved racing i love competition i grew up racing bicycles yeah and um wasn't ever great at it but i just have always really liked racing and um you know maybe it was you know maybe it's a good thing that i never was much of a winner Mm -hmm. but i'm a competitor like i'm a good reliable midfield kind of a yeah kind of a person yeah and you know uh uh, winners need people like me uh of course yeah so i'm really i'm i'm kind of a winner by helping others be winners mm-hmm. by beating me yeah and luckily i i just enjoy i enjoy the competition so I, I enjoyed it in cycling and then um and i enjoy it now you know in uh in car racing because i'm also terrible at that and uh and i enjoy it really in in esports so mm-hmm. i've got like a kind of a cool sim setup that i built at home with vr and like a nice wheel and um and I initially was just using it to drive tracks that I felt like I'd never be able to drive yeah. um, in, in person. And uh, then when I started racing the Europa, I started actually kind of driving to train and to practice, um, which I, I do think actually is really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I started you know doing some online uh, competitions and in-person competitions on, in the sim. And, you know, I'm not great at that, but I'm... I'm decent enough um, that I get to be competitive. So that's and it's fun. And obviously, like, yeah. racing in the sim, if you do have that, where you maybe bang doors with someone, it doesn't mean that you have to use so much bondo to fix it the next day, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 much cheaper, right? Yeah. And it, actually, it's it's. I funny. mean, it's not cheap. Let's be honest. Obviously, buying the wheel, the steering, the VR headset, yeah. the rig, etc., etc. Its price point is yeah, expensive but it's not from the bad. outset. It's no, not no, no. bad. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper than buying a race car. That is true. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, and that's a lot cheaper than fixing a race car. And I and I know, you know, I I know quite a quite a few people who've transitioned from real cars and racing and and tracking cars mm-hmm. to just just sim racing. And then, which are the the sims that you're using to play this on then? Uh, well, I I started out on iRacing, mm-hmm. uh, which probably has the best kind of online racing experience. Yep. Um, but then, as I started finding. Um, people to race with um 
in uh, in like private kind of private matches. Um, we use uh, Project Cars too and Assetto Corsa a lot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just about every Thursday, I I race in Project Cars with some uh, some engineers from Robo Race, and mm -hmm. um, you know it's all it's all good fun. And occasionally, I I participate in this um, kind of a local competition uh, called Fastest Driver in LA, mm -hmm. um, which uh, we just completed our first season last last year, and that was that was pretty fun. Yeah. I won one of the rounds, and then. And I think I got fourth uh, in the in the See, final. You, you're being hard on yourself, saying you're a mid runner. You're always up at the front. I've seen your underhanded driving techniques as well, firsthand. Oh, oh, what's the, uh, oh, what? oh, 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 <laughs> underhanded ramming the other driver. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that's where you can get away with it though as well, because then you're not yeah. damaging the cars. I as got much. rammed first. Well, look, let's like be honest. Yeah, straight. yeah. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> then I might have gotten a little emotional. Yeah. Uh, and the red misty sands, but it's fine. It's just a video game at the end of it all, right? I, I st that, that that race was still cleaner than the final. <laughs> That's very <laughs> Which true. Which I didn't participate yeah, in. Yeah, very true. That's very true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, if, so I guess what I'm trying to, when I can finally get my words out, is, is it's you enjoying essentially what you're doing here where you've got the opportunities to drive here in Los Angeles. You can drive the tracks, you can drive online. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just, the, the experience of being able to move through and see the transition of you go through all these years in the automotive history of sorts. Yeah, really progressed. I just, you know, um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to appreciate mm -hmm. about all this, right? And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, I didn't grow up, wealthy i mean my sister you know married a guy wealthy enough to buy these cool cars which i got to kind of experience third hand so yeah. i was lucky but you know i wasn't uh, uh you know i wasn't one of these kids who had a brand new sports car to race around and um we all and, wish we were but i always loved the cars that i did buy mm -hmm. um more than the really really expensive cars that that some of these other kids were getting and it's really kind of been that way um, my whole life, mm -hmm. whether or not it was in a you know time in my life when I could afford something expensive or not. Um, I've just always chosen to buy something that I found kind of personally appealing and yeah. inspiring and um, would be kind of edifying in a way. Um, and I found that 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 money has almost nothing to do with that. I mean, the exception, of course, is like actually trying to race, right? Yeah. Which is you can you can try to spend as little as possible it doesn't matter you still have to buy tires you have to buy expensive gas. everything you have to buy you have to, yeah, yeah you know but otherwise um you know i've just never i've always uh found that there aren't significant hurdles to like really enjoying something so so whether yeah whether it's you know the cars or the competition or the the sim driving and now i've been doing some cart cart racing um, which is also just wildly, mm -hmm. wildly fun. You just don't want to fall down that cart rabbit hole where you've got to buy everything in the small scale. Uh, no, no, I, I don't, uh, I don't plan on it. We, we actually have a, a great local series called Cal Speed mm -hmm. that provides like kind of rental carts. They're like kind of the lowest level race race cart. Um, uh, what are they? Are they electric or are they two stroke or? Uh, yeah, they're they're piston driven. I don't I don't know if they're two stroke or not. I always like the smell of the two stroke. It always smells so good. Mm. They <sighs> do smell like two stroke, so so maybe they are. I don't know much about the cars themselves. They're pretty heavy. They they've got kind of rubber surrounding them, so yeah. So when you don't, it's a little bargy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no one loses a finger. But they're weight balanced, all mm -hmm. up to two hundred pounds. Right? Okay. So I'm I'm under two hundred pounds, and I have to bring it up to two hundred, and then. Um, uh, and then I've got some friends who are involved in kind of 
pro karting, and occasionally I get a chance to just go out and do a little testing in a real race kart, uh, yeah. non non competition level. And but, you uh, see the difference between the two. It's like, whoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well, like, I'm. Cl- it's clearly, like, way too late in life to... Uh, yeah, and not yeah. only that, I know from, obviously, I, I only do the karting occasionally, nothing special, whatever, when you go to those, show up at those karting places and let you have a go. But mm. it's, it's, it is a workout racing, a, a, like, a top-tier kart. Oh, it's, yeah. It is a proper workout if you oh, do it yeah. for, like, an extended stretch of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's exhausting. Like, yeah. And if anything, there's, too, I, there's muscles there that I didn't even know existed. Oh, I know. Yeah, I didn't know I had a bone there to yeah. to bruise, to but, hurt. Yes. Yeah. So how did I hurt the back of my elbow? Oh, oh yeah, it wasn't even touching anything. It still hurts. <laughs> right. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. So, um, any, I think we're lucky. Like being here in in Los Angeles, we get to try all all these things, get a little dabble in all this stuff. So. So, and that, with that being the case, if anyone's wanting to follow your exploits and live vicariously through you, where's the best place to try and track you down online? Uh, I guess probably Instagram. Um, it's just my name, Spencer, and there's a period in the middle, so Spencer dot Canon. The Canon is spelled like the camera, oh, easy, and not like the you know the artillery. <laughs> I like that we had to preface that. It's definitely not the artillery version. It's a one that fires shots with yeah. the camera, not fires shots out of the big barrel. Yeah. I guess is yeah. what you could say. So, not that that's anything special. If uh if anyone is looking for car content, you're actually probably not going to find much of it on my Instagram. You're going to find a lot of rock climbing and and uh and dogs. Well, look, the, uh, half yeah. of that's my most important life. Look. Kaju Kiwi always appreciates that. Yeah. But Spencer, has been an absolutely wonderful time here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, James. No, no. Again, I really appreciate it. And everyone should definitely go and follow you. And always, for the, we like to let the listeners know that everyone should leave us at least a five-star review. I mean, think of it. I mean, Apple only lets you do five stars. Think of it as a 10-point system. So right. if you yeah. really like it, 10, round yeah. it down to five. If you don't like it, give it a five. But That's then right. just leave it at five. Yeah. Click like. Uh, 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 click heart. Yeah. Uh, five-star review yeah leave a nice comment uh, that's always um, what we like subscribe someone else that you don't know just steal their phone subscribe them uh, make auto upload good, good ideas idea. um, maybe if you have access to um, a bot army do that too have that's them right. do it yep, yeah that's always what we're looking for yeah. the, I mean because I think right if the bots get it then they can do machine that's learning right. on that and then they'll be like oh that James he's okay we'll leave him when we take over yeah yeah he um, wasn't too bad uh, yeah, any any AI Twitter accounts? Always. There's probably all sorts of methods. We should look into this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, guys, it's always a pleasure to have you on board and have you listening here. Uh, no, always like the fans, everyone that we like out there. There's a few that I like to read out, and so it's always a pleasure hearing from you. Always want to get more feedback from you guys. If you've got any questions, as always, let us know at No Breaking on Instagram or on Facebook. That's N O B R A K I N G. And until then, guys. We shall see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.